Homily for Holy Family Sunday, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, December 29th, 2019. The story is told of a young woman who is married and has several small children. One day during a phone conversation with her mother-in-law, she complained that her little ones were getting to be more and more of a handful and that she felt like she was at her wit's end. The mother-in-law calmly suggested that she look to the Holy Family as her example and ask for their intercession. After finishing the call, the young woman mumbled to herself, Some advice that was. Here I am with a houseful of kids, while Mary had only one, and he was perfect. Couched inside that silly joke is the implication that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph lived totally contemplative and tranquil lives and that their everyday lives were boring and dull. Anyone who draws that conclusion has never read the first two chapters of the Gospel of St. Luke. Rather than to remain in Nazareth, surrounded by familiar faces and sounds, Mary and Joseph had to hastily travel to Bethlehem for a census during the final days of Mary's pregnancy. Since so many other kinsmen came there for the same purpose, Bethlehem's inn had no vacancies. The best the innkeeper could do was to direct them to a stable that they could share with animals. Yes, the visits by the shepherds and wise men were wonderful, but even for the standards of the time, this young family had to rough it. Taking into account the snapshot the church gives us of the Holy Family in today's Gospel, things quickly went from bad to worse. When Herod realized the wise men had stood him up, he became furious, exhibiting an unspeakable mixture of cruelty and paranoia. Herod ordered the execution of every boy under the age of two in Bethlehem. Joseph did not wait around to deliberate after the angel of the Lord spoke to him in a dream. Under the cover of night, the three of them left. And because Bethlehem was relatively close to Herod's palace in Jerusalem, they presumably escaped with hardly a moment to spare. Finding a community of fellow Jews would not have been that difficult. They dwelt in numerous Egyptian cities. But for how long would they have to wait there before coming home for good? Would Joseph be able to apply his trade as a carpenter and support his family in a strange land? There were many unanswered questions. Only after the wicked Herod had died could the Holy Family return home. And then they still bypassed the province of Judea, hoping not to draw any undue attention to themselves. From all this, we see that the Holy Family was not holy because they avoided every possible crisis. They dealt with each crisis that came along and they give us a great example of trust in God's providence. Truly, we can look to them and relate to them, whether in moments of joy or hardship. The church needs holy families, and the world needs holy families. Before I say anything more, I need to level with you about something. I suspect that on this day, some of us clergy are tempted to spend the entire homily railing against the sins of modern society and the collapse of the family. All these things are true, but I'm not going to go that direction for a couple of reasons. 
First of all, I strongly doubt that it has ever been easy to raise a family well. Secondly, I fear that I'd be preaching to the choir. I thank God for the many families here who do so well. No matter where I've been, the families whom I've served have enriched my ministry as a priest. Also, I want to convey the church's support for all family members, all moms, dads, children, grandparents, and others too numerous to mention. I don't intend to sound exclusive. Each family is a divinely initiated reality. A family is not just a purely human convention for us to revise on our own whim. God has created each person in every family and has called them to love him personally. And because God considers the family to be a crucial part of humanity, he sent his son to grow up in one. God chooses moms, dads, brothers, and sisters with all their flaws to help one another know, love, and serve him. That is what every family is meant to do. Including the Holy Family into your own family is a surefire way to provide for its holiness. Your family may be lots of things. Physically healthy, financially stable, smart, talented, good-looking. But is it holy? Here's a small list of characteristics that one finds in holy families, as well as some specific yardsticks to measure how each of our families is doing. First of all, holy families are committed to God in their interior and exterior acts. Do you pray as a family? I mean, drop everything and really pray together. Does the Sabbath day stand out in your home by things like attendance at Mass and the avoiding of unnecessary work? Secondly, holy families are strong in their identity. They know who they are and why they are who they are. Families that cherish their Catholic faith without compromise will appreciate the gift their faith in Christ really is and will not devalue it. Holy families are fruitful. They know that their fertility is a blessing and do not treat it as a disease. They know the transmission of life is a gift from their conjugal union and choose natural family planning over every single form of artificial contraception. Holy families are compassionate. Every member of their households receives forgiveness from God in the sacrament of reconciliation, forgives one another, and receives forgiveness from one another. Holy families are considerate. Everyone in the household counts, and everyone matters, not just the jock, the honor student, or the least difficult one. Lastly, holy families are sanctuaries of refuge. Back in the Middle Ages, armies would use catapults to propel stones and other objects over the city wall and destroy what lay behind them. Nowadays, catapults are unnecessary because smartphones and tablets do the same work. What do the members of your family listen to, read, or watch as entertainment? Are words or behaviors that you'd never allow past the threshold of your front door making it into your home in other ways, 
and into the minds of those who live there. How about the walls, the actual walls of our homes? Are pious images, like crucifixes, or images of Christ and his Blessed Mother or St. Joseph, displayed for all to see? If not, what kinds of things are taking their place, and why? The Church and our world need holy families now as much as ever. Always remember that God believes in your ability to be holy, and offers you his help. Keep up the good work, and trust that holiness is the most important attribute that any family can have. Amen.